Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Nina Pantic. Irina Falcone is busy with US Open work, but we have special guest, Aya Chomjanovic. She's ranked number 57 as she heads into the 2020 US Open in the bubble, and she gives us the inside take on what life is like in Flushing Meadows. She's got some experience with bubble life already, having played UTR, Charleston, World Team Tennis, Lexington, and Cincinnati. The 27-year-old talks about the pros and cons of the new normal, things like being able to watch matches without there being any crowds, but then having to play in front of no fans. Talks about meeting up with her friends finally after six months, but not being able to hug them. So without further ado, let's hop into our chat with Aya Tomjanovic. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, Aya, welcome to the show. I want to start off by asking you, what are you up to now? You're in New York getting ready for the U.S. Open. How is the U.S. Open bubble? Yeah, so it is uh, very different from our usual U.S. Open experience, but so far so good. We're actually um, socializing within our team way more um, because there's just a lot of downtime. But um, honestly, not much is too different. It's more when you have a day off where you get a little bored because you just can't do your usual shopping or whatever everyone likes to do on their day off. But um, they've done such a great job of just keeping us um, safe. And and at the same time, you know, we get to play. So I don't think there's many complaints. Is it crazy, though, because to say that you're kind of used to living from hotel to tournament site anyway, like before all this even happened, a lot of players kind of stuck to their routine. I know some probably had more fun than others to go to restaurants in the city, but in general, you guys spend so much time hotel tournament site. You know, I think it's more the fact when someone says, no, you can't do this is when you're like, oh my God, how are we going to do it? But when you really think about it, I mean, on training days, you really, all you do is basically go from the site to the hotel and then maybe you, you do a dinner. But I mean, I'm, I'm big on room service. So like when I do a dinner in a restaurant, it's like a night out for me. So for me, this bubble isn't such a huge um, adjustment, but it's more just when you when you know you can't do something, you just kind of want to do it more. Oh, I totally understand what you're saying. You're just so like frustrated that you can't get out and do your own. Fr- I mean, you guys are all grown adults and you want to go and live your lives, but you can't do that because we want to be safe. So I, I get it. Yeah. I just like I like I forgot a couple things and I just can't even like, you know, go to like CVS or something. So I was like, oh, my God, like I need to actually order stuff like from Target or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe like Amazon or something. Wow. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah. And how's the transport look like? Is it a big bus that everyone goes on and you guys are just going the same? Because we used to have private cars every time players were going around. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a bus every 15 minutes. So um, they 
they don't, um, it's like half capacity, so 50%. And we all have to like sit next to the window and then the, um, the aisle seat has to be open. And you just got to wear your mask all the time. But they have also like, let's say the, like a 915 bus is full. Um, they're going to have another one right away. Like, so they're really good with that. So you're always going to get um, there on time. Oh, so it's been like really, really efficient then. There's been no struggles really. Honestly, it's been more efficient than with cars because at the, like previous years, I had to wait for a car for like a good 45 minutes sometimes. So this has been way better. That's, that's incredible. I know what you mean, though. I've, I mean, I've been at the US Open so many years. It's so weird to not be there this year. But from looking as like someone that's I was in the World Team Tennis bubble. I know you were as well. And like just thinking about yeah. how how contained it all is and how everyone kind of has this sense of togetherness. Do you feel that? I know World Team Tennis was team. It's really different. But do you feel that sense yeah. of like, hey, we're all in this together. Everyone kind of stick together and, and do the, all the right things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you I'm never really used to seeing people in the hotel, especially not in New York, because um, usually we all kind of do our own thing with where we stay. And now like you, you see all these players and it's just such a big event that is just different. So it's kind of like our own little village. Um, and it's just completely different vibe because tennis, we're not, I don't think we're really used to this, uh, in a grand slam. Yeah. And was there any big reunions when you saw your friends for the first time? Cause some people you haven't seen since maybe February or January even. Yeah, well, um, I'm good friends with Donna Vekic and Maria Sakari, and it was it was really nice to see them. But then, like, there was no hugs, no nothing, um, which which I don't I don't like that part. Like that, I'm ready for that to be over. But it was really good to just see everybody again, um, even even girls that you know I'm not as close, but you just you just like to see your work friends, I guess. Exactly. When you're in the hotel, can you guys play ping pong and play arcade games? You know, obviously like wearing masks and being safe, but can you hang out in a way? Um, yeah, we actually have like a big patio outside that they've created. Like you can uh, bring your dinner and they have a big TV screen. They usually play movies or, or sometimes basketball games or, or tennis matches, whatever is on. And then they have like um, arcade um, rooms in the hotel. And I think there's like a, a golf simulator, um, ping pong, a cup like the basketball hoop. So you can actually like be there a whole afternoon and be entertained but yeah and we we always make it a point to just you know take a time and i don't know play cards or something and just just kind of hang out with since there's nothing else to do especially because you have a few days between the cincinnati tournament and then switching to new york u.s open you're in the same actual environment but you have all this time to kill obviously you're practicing a lot too right honestly i've been practicing every day um and whenever even when i do gym i like to go on site and just to make my day a little bit longer and break it up. I haven't had a day yet where I've just stayed in the bubble apart from, um, sorry, I meant like the hotel bubble, apart from the day when I had to wait for my results. So as I said, it's not that different. It's more just that you see everyone all the time. That's the part I'm not used to. I guess there's pros and cons to that. When you first arrived, was it you went to get tested at a different hotel and you waited for a full day somewhere else? And then when you got the uh, the negative test, you moved to the right, ho- like the full-time hotel? Well, no, I um, I arrived at the hotel where I'm staying now and I got tested right away. Um, and then I, I went straight to my room and they like made sure that I wasn't going on an elevator with anyone else. And I, I stayed in my room until I got a text that I was uh, good to go. And then I went downstairs and bought my credit. Wow. Was it, ner- were you nervous? No, I mean, I, I know everyone's doing everything they can, but there's still always like, I know, Honestly, I know working um, tennis, I was nervous. Working tennis, I, I 
little nervous because it was such a quick turnaround. I found out I'm playing and I, I was there like within hours and I didn't even like get to think about it. But here, like I had so much time and I've heard of, I've read about all these like false positives and um, I don't know, in other sports. And I was like, well, I'm feeling great, but you never know. Right. So I was, I will say for the first test, I was really, really nervous. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So what about, I've got, I've got another question. What about um, wearing a mask? So I know that everyone's doing this, but I feel like people on Twitter are so judgmental if they catch a player, like God forbid for five minutes, you're not wearing a mask. Do you feel like the sense of um, like having to be a role model and always wear it? I mean, yeah, like I, I'm definitely all about masks. Like I, I really like people, I, I like to see people wearing it. And, and I think it, it really prevents um, people from, from getting sick. Well, at least the percentage goes down when you're wearing it. But I will say, I mean, there were a couple of times where I like left the practice and, and I didn't have it for like 30 seconds. And then I think uh, security was like, oh, wear your mask, please. And I, and I kind of panicked. I was like, oh, my God. I forgot, you know, but um, so far I haven't forgotten like when I'm going out of my room or anything like that um, hasn't happened, but it's more like off the court. As soon as I get off, like I just don't have that um, routine of putting a mask on yet. Um, it's new. Yeah. But I mean, I will say it's, it's, you really have to think about it, but there's actually also some good things. Like you can, no one can really see sometimes what your real facial expression is. Um, so it's just all about perspective, especially when you're watching, like I was watching a match and I, I mean, if I don't roll my eyes, you can't really tell what my face is. So it's sometimes it helps. Well, you're a poker face. I get it. Yeah. Have you noticed that people are watching more tennis now? Because I mean, I know everyone's seen Kim Kleister's watching matches because there's really nothing that much more to do, but maybe support each other and watch each other from the stands. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and also I think that so many times I've wanted to watch the matches live and you just don't go because it's so crowded. But now the, the, the issue is gone. So like the, the court is empty. So um, I, I even like to do that. And I went to see a few matches. Um, uh, and, and it's funny because when I'm playing, like you can also spot any player that's watching it because it's literally just us. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty nice. That's an amazing perk. I didn't even think about that. No one will have any problem getting into like the quarterfinals or semifinals anymore. Yeah. Has playing these exhibitions, I know you played the UTR, you played World Team Tennis, you played Lexington. Do you feel like you've kind of gotten more comfortable in this new normal and figuring out limited or no fans most of those events have been? Do you feel you're in a good rhythm going into the U.S. Open? Yeah. I mean, I think those uh, warm-up events that I've played, were really good for me, first of all, just competitive-wise. Like, I, I feel like I haven't felt that in a long time. And, and, I mean, now having played Cincinnati, it still obviously wasn't the same. But it, I think team tennis was the closest thing um, to an actual competition because it was so intense. And I've actually never played that fast format. Um, so it kind of, like, pushes you to be ready from the first ball. But uh, with all the health precautions and everything, I mean, even from the first UTR, I kind of got the hang of it. And, and yeah, I'm kind of used to it. I mean, the no fans, I don't know. I feel like, you know, when I go watch a match and I see there aren't many 
people, any people watching. I'm like, oh my God, it's so dead. But when I'm the one playing, I, I don't feel it. It's like completely my own energy. So um, that's the funny part. Like I can totally handle it when I'm playing, but when I'm watching someone else, I feel like it's, it's sad. Because before, if there was empty stands, it would be like the saddest thing ever. And now everyone's like, no, this is good. Everyone's healthy and safe. It's so different. You mentioned World Team Tennis. It's very course, yeah, you, you, you got flown into the Las Vegas team kind of halfway through almost the season. But you got to play with the Bryan brothers. You were in the same team. And that was their last matches. Like who? I mean, we kind of knew. But what's your take on the Bryans? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I've been a Bryan brothers fan since like years ago. And I never obviously got to play with them. But whenever I would talk to them, I always get so nervous. And I just loved watching them play. So when I heard that I was going to be on a team with them, I was honestly so nervous. And it was actually the first that I played was with Bob. And I thought to myself, this is either going to be the best thing for me or the worst thing. Like, I'm either going to start with a bang and, and have the best time or I'm just going to screw it up because Bob clearly won't screw it up. But luckily, we won that set. And, and um, I really... I really just love the team I was part of and, and knowing that that was their last pretty much tennis they played was pretty special for me just to be part of that. It's remarkable that you got to be there and play it with them. That's I don't think you ever could have imagined playing with a Brian brother. I can't believe that I can say I played with both of them. So you have an advantage going into the U.S. Open. It's going to be super hot, but you, you're a no-sweat ambassador. What is no-sweat? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I'm like, if you know me, you know that I sweat more than a lot more than the average person so no sweat works wonders because it's uh, basically like a sticky patch that you put on the inside of your hat liner and it absorbs the sweat when you work out which kind of is coming really in handy especially in times like this when you don't really want to touch your face too much um, and you can use it up to three times and then you just dispose it and, and put another one in and the good thing is, is that it also um, keeps your hats clean and, and stain free. So especially living in Florida, it comes so, so in handy. How did you hear about them? How did you start working with them? It's a really cool concept that I actually didn't know about before, um, before I started working with them. Like I didn't know something like that existed because I probably would have got my hands on it sooner. Um, so for someone like me, it's, it's so, so helpful. Um, to, to have and to use. Does it help also with, I know with COVID, we're not supposed to touch our face so much and not touch your eyes and with your, with your sweat not coming into your eyes as much, do you feel like you're doing that better? Oh yeah. I know my mom always, even before COVID and everything, my mom would always get mad at me because I, I had this thing where I was always touching my face with my hands. And sometimes I wasn't even like doing, there wasn't even no sweat, but it became such a habit so now, um, I think she came to a couple of my practices and she actually like, no, she's like, I think you're, you're doing it less. Like, are you trying? And I was like, well, I am also trying because of, I mean, what's happening in the world, but I swear, like, it's not coming in my eyes as much. So it really is helpful. I feel you. I sweat a lot too, so I might have to try it. Um, uh, I have one last question. Gotta. You're ranked 57. You're the second highest ranked Aussie. What? Was your plans for Tokyo and is Tokyo 2021 a big part of your future? Are you, are you motivated for that? Yeah, I was very, very much looking forward to Tokyo 2020. And um, the fact that it didn't happen, obviously, I was sad, but I'm glad that it's happening next year. And I really, really hope that, you know, I'll be in the mix to, 
to go there and, and represent Australia, it would be a, a real honor for me. Yeah, because I feel like you were in amazing shape and form going into the shutdown and, of course, like playing so much through it. So now hopefully that momentum just carries on. So best of luck next week or this week at the U.S. Open. And it's awesome to- been talking to you. Thanks so much, Nina. Thank you. Good luck. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app as well as tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the videos of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.